Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Now that we're halfway through the Stanford football season, is the glass half full or half empty? Or is there another way to look at it entirely? That's what we're going to grapple with here on the TreeCast with Troy Clary. It is Monday, October 15th, 2018, and we're getting ready for Thursday Night Football as the Stanford Cardinal hit the road once again, heading down to the Valley of the Sun to face the Arizona State fighting Herm Edwards. Hope you had a good start off to your week. I'm indeed Troy Clarity. Thank you for joining us here on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Uh, coming up in a bit, we're going to go four downs on David Shaw's latest weekly press conference, which happened earlier on Monday at the Ariaga Family Sports Center on the campus of Stanford University. And uh, we're going to take a quick peek ahead uh, to what we might be able to expect this Thursday evening in Tempe between Stanford and Arizona State. First off, though, a couple of housekeeping notes. I'm in Detroit, Clarity. Hi, how are you? Thank you for checking out the show. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're new to the show, or even if you're not new, even if you're a grizzled TreeCast veteran, uh, thank you for being here with us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity at Troy Clarity. Last name is C L A R D Y. And also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the TreeCast on Apple Podcasts. You subscribe to the show, these things go right into your inbox, right into your your Apple Podcast playlist as soon as they are posted. Which Granted, for last week and this week, too, a bit on an irregular schedule, but uh, you'll get these as soon as they are ready. Hot off the press when you subscribe uh, to these uh, shows via Apple Podcasts. And, of course, don't forget to rate and review them as well. Well, here we go again. Uh, Second half of the season about to kick off later on this week. Stanford at Arizona State, as mentioned. And... The normal weekly press conference that David Shaw holds normally happens on Thursday, but because, or check that, normally happens on Tuesdays during a normal game week, but this isn't a normal game week. Game is on Thursday, so they moved it up a day, and uh, David Shaw met with the media. uh, A very intimate and cozy setting, (laughs) gathering of media uh, at the uh, Kissick Auditorium at the uh, Stanford campus uh, late on Monday morning. Uh, we'll get to that in, in a moment or so, but I, I, I want to just kind of give you a little snapshot of where I think this team is right now with six games down and six games to go, hopefully at least two more uh, after that, after those six games are done. But I, was, I remember walking through Target a few weeks ago, and uh, there was this guy coming at me in the aisle. And he was wearing a shirt, and it had a drawing of a, of a glass half-filled with liquid. And part of it pointed to the water. Another part pointed to the air above the water in the glass. And underneath, the shirt said, the, technically, 
the glass is always full. And whether you look at things from a glass half empty standpoint in that no, Stanford does not look very good the last time we saw them, a crushing 40-21 loss at the hands of the Utah Utes, in which it seemed everything went wrong for the Cardinal, especially when it needed to most. Two critical red zone interceptions, uh, pass protection betraying uh, K.J. Costello uh, in the fourth quarter, and the Stanford defense suddenly unable to stop the run and the pass in big play situations. Special teams also a problem, too. All of those things conspiring against the Cardinal in that 40-21 to 21 loss. That coming off the heels of a loss at South Bend, in which the fourth quarter just avalanched on Stanford. And that coming off of a result that, yeah, Stanford got the win, but look what it took for them to get there against the Oregon Ducks at Eugene. So the glass half empty looks at all this and says, boy, Stanford can't block very well, can't block the run very well, at times cannot pass block very well. Bryce Love health is in question again this week, as Love is hopeful, uh, but they're not 100% at this point uh, that Bryce Love is going to be ready to go. They are going to play it cautiously. David Shaw said that earlier today. Uh, but they're still not 100% ready if Bryce Love is going to be able to go with that ankle that he sprained late in the contest against Notre Dame. So there is that. Oh, by the way, Nate Herbig not practicing earlier this week. His status for Thursday is questionable. That was the last healthy guy on the offensive line left. So an offensive line that has struggled for the most part in it seems a lot of the fundamentals in blocking both against the pass, uh, both for the pass and for the run, and hasn't been healthy at all at any point this year and doesn't appear to be trending upward in that direction. No Bryce Love usually means big-time trouble for the Stanford offense. We saw that again last uh, the last time out against the Utah Utes. And a Stanford defense that that suddenly can't stop the run with air breaks and has problems stopping opposing quarterbacks from not just completing passes, but completing big passes and not being able to get off the field on third down. So that's the glass half empty part of it, obviously. The glass half full part of it says that, look, Stanford's still 4-2 and two on the season, halfway through. Pretty much you would have taken that largely. You would have obviously aimed for 5-1, and one, but but a lot of folks weren't quite so sure that with the way the schedule played out, especially the way that September looked for the Cardinal, that Stanford was, was going to be able to get to 5-0. and Well, they got to 4-1. and Not bad. But the way they got to 4-2, eh, not, not, not quite the best way, not quite the best way to get there. But they are 4-2. and And they do still hold all the cards. Thank goodness for that win in Eugene. If it wasn't for that result against the Oregon Ducks a few weeks ago for Stanford, Stanford would have none of the cards right now. But because of that win, Stanford's still very much in the mix. It's right there for them. Now, the task is still taller, and it's going to be, it's going to be perhaps a large ask, depending upon how Washington State's been playing. Boy, they have, been, they have more than exceeded my expectations this year. Obviously, at Washington is going to be tough, even though they we talked about this. They haven't looked like world beaters really at any point so far this season, except for maybe against BYU, but obviously didn't get the job done in Eugene last week when they had the chance to do so. 
But now everything's opened up. That result in Eugene between Oregon and Washington has opened things up for a lot of teams, including Washington State. Congratulations to them. They finally get college game day to come to Pullman. I can't wait to watch that show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Congrats to the Coug. And still opens things up for Stanford. And, and look, a lot of me says that a lot of me was hoping that Washington would beat Oregon just because that would put the onus squarely and make it a two-horse race in the Pac-12 North between Stanford and Washington. But, you know, Stanford's still in it regardless. And they'll still be in the North race regardless of what happens this week. And if the, as long as Stanford's still in the Pac-12 North race, as long as the Rose Bowl is still on the table for the Cardinal, I'm cool. I'm happy. I'm happy. So that's the glass half full part of it. But both of those things can be equally true. Both of those things can, can fill the whole glass. In fact, both of those things do fill the whole glass. Now, which way is, which way is it going to go? Is this, even though Stanford does have a lot still on the plate this season, is this the team that can take advantage of those things? Well, we'll address that coming up a bit later on in the tree cast. But right now, let's quickly go four downs uh, on David Shaw's uh, press conference. I give you uh, David Shaw's four biggest takeaways, his four biggest quotes, straight from his mouth and straight from his thoughts during his weekly press conference. We'll begin with fourth down. Obviously, with six games in the books and six games uh, remaining on the schedule, David Shaw was asked for his biggest takeaways when he sat down and looked at everything that this team had to offer on tape from the first six games of the season. The overall theme, which is probably the most bothersome to me, is that not only have we not reached our uh, potential, I don't think we've approached it. We've had glimpses, um, glimpses in the pass game, um, glimpses defending the pass, glimpses defending the run um, at times during the game, during games. We, we haven't put a complete game together, let alone a three or four game span where we're playing at our best. And that's, and that's up to me. Um, that's where I have to continue to poke and prod coaches and players, uh, make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, sometimes I got to put my arm around some guys. Sometimes I got to push some guys. Um, and there's so much more uh, within us than we're showing uh, on on game day and game day is not about potential game day is about execution and we have not approached our capabilities of execution that's David Shaw saying that we've seen glimpses of what this team can do and what this team is all about but they haven't put it all together and it's not even close to build on that we go to second down, as I initially, this question started with, from me, by the way, at the press conference this morning, from, it, it started with me asking defensively what were the big differences for Stanford between the first three games and the second three games. And Shaw proceeded to answer that, but then somehow it morphed into, his answer morphed into what lingers and what sticks with him from, from the two big losses at Notre Dame and against Utah 
last week. So that brings us to second down with David Shaw and what still sticks in his craw about the results against Notre Dame and Utah. We play at such a high level for a short period of time. This end of the, sc- end of the, the score for both games was terrible. But for both games, we got him back within a score with a lot of time to play. But we used so much effort and so much playmaking just to get back there, uh, it's hard to stay on that frenetic pace as opposed to just playing at a high level the entire game and getting those games into the fourth quarter and then outplaying somebody in the fourth quarter uh, to win by three or win by seven or win by ten as opposed to shooting all of our bullets uh, before we even get to the fourth quarter. So that's a key for us is to to try to play at that consistently high level and not have the up and downs. When plays are there for us to make, we got to make them. Offense, defense, special teams got to make them. That's David Shaw on the hidden costs of starting off slowly. And yes, Stanford did come back, make it a game against Utah. Stanford did hang in there against Notre Dame. But man, they expended a lot of energy. And they really had to had to play at a at a level that perhaps they might this team might not be able to sustain for 60 minutes. It, it, it just doesn't seem like it's possible at this point. So it is imperative on them to start off better and to get to better starts and not look at a 7-0, 14-0, 17-0, 10-3 deficit early in games. Perhaps they should start off. For, what was it? What was it Jesse Burkett, the Stanford Center, said to K.J. Costello when they were coming off the field against Oregon? And K.J. said it was just a matter of us getting settled down. And Jesse said, we just need to do that sooner. <laughs> Perhaps those are the truest words said by any Stanford player at any point so far this season. But I, I did find that interesting and, and his take on Stanford just expending too much energy because they haven't been able to get up to good starts. So they pick it up a bit in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and then by the fourth quarter, they got nothing left. They got nothing left. Whether that's conditioning, I don't know. I would like to think it's not so because Shannon Turley, of course, has done fantastic work, terrific work, legendary work in that respect for Stanford uh, since his term as the Stanford strength and conditioning coach began during the Harbaugh era. He's, he's been magnificent, terrific. These are the sorts of things that aren't supposed to happen. Stanford's not supposed to be a team that falls apart in the fourth quarter. That's not supposed to happen. But we've seen it in back-to-back weeks now. Stanford's running out of bullets way too early. That needs to stop. And that's what lingers most in David Shaw's mind from those two results against Utah and Notre Dame. Third down, as we're going four downs on Stanford, uh, head coach David Shaw's latest weekly press conference, which happened late Monday morning at Stanford as he got us all ready for the Arizona State matchup coming up this week. This is interesting. Shaw was asked by my man Jacob Rayburn from Rivals.com which individual players have progressed the most throughout the course of the season. David Shaw's response was interesting, but also how he got to that response was a bit eye-opening as well. I'll get to that part in a second, but first, Here's David Shaw's response to the question, who has stood out individually? Who's made the most progress individually throughout the course of the season? 
Yeah, and I don't want to single anybody out right now. Um, but there have there has been progress by by a few guys. I just wish that list was longer. Um, not that many guys have regressed. I just don't think we've has as many guys progressed. And the, there's a reason why there's a phrase um, being in mid-season form, which kind of means you've got through the mistakes. Young guys don't play like young guys anymore. And we're not there yet. We haven't seen that yet. And I'm hoping this is a game that we start to see that, a team that just goes out there and executes and plays really well. And not every play is going to be perfect. Um, but um, it's okay if we get beaten on a play as opposed to allowing ourselves to get beaten by our own miscues. Uh, that's a key for being in midseason form. So David Shaw didn't name any individual players as far as guys who have who've made progress throughout the course of the year when, when afforded that opportunity. I found that a little interesting because, you know, I, I thought there might have been a couple of candidates out there. I mean, obviously, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has really taken over as the biggest offensive weapon uh, for, for Stanford offensively. Uh, K.J. has made some strides, I think, as a quarterback. Um, uh, impressed at times by what I have seen personally um, from, from Jovan Swan. I, I like what I've seen from him. Um, at times, Bobby, Bobby Okariki has obviously um, had some moments. Uh, so I, I think, and also, obviously, Paulson Adebo. I mean, that, maybe, that's, maybe that's the biggest individual storyline from this season so far. But while I found David Shaw's response interesting enough, how he got to that response, I found a bit more interesting. Because what you, you heard his answer, what you didn't hear was about a six-second pause between the end of Jacob Rayburn's question and the start of David Shaw's answer. Shaw had to think about that one for a long, long time. And I'm not sure whether he was thinking of how to answer the question, whether he wanted to go ahead and, and give someone props in the media when perhaps the whole team needs to be needs to be held accountable, and and, and no one, uh, you know, and he, he doesn't want to single out a, a player or two, and when, when really the whole team needs to pull together at this point in time, maybe that's how he's approaching it. I don't know, I don't know, but I did find it interesting, and 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 he's right. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like any individual players have completely regressed. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously. You know, I, I keep pointing at, you know, the, the, the Sanford tackles in particular, unfortunately, as far as guys who, who, who maybe haven't made a step forward and have had some rough moments throughout the course of the season. But no one really has leaped off the page either, except for Paulson Adebo, the more I think about it. He, he is the one. Other guys have had nice moments. Other guys have been able to put some things together from time to time. But, but Paul Snodebo, I think, has, has by far been the revelation for Stanford from a personnel standpoint as far as how they have looked, at least certainly from, from fall camp up to this point in the season. That's third down. Fourth down is this, and we talked about this at the start of the show. The fact that Stanford does still control its own destiny, the fact that if the Cardinal went out and maybe they might not even need to do that. But if Stanford just takes care of its own business in the North, they'll still be 
able to accomplish a lot of the goals that they set out to accomplish at the start of the season. So, about that, David Shaw was asked whether it is nice to be in the position, despite all the things that have happened, despite the things that haven't quite gone so right, and despite how, how bearish some people might be feeling about this program right now, on the, in, on the outside, generally. Despite all that, Stanford still controls its own destiny. David Shaw was asked how nice that is. That is very important, and I did mention that to the guys the other day. Um, but what's more pressing is for us to play a good game from start to finish. If we can do that for six weeks, then yes, we'll be where we want to be. Um, but it starts with this week. We had a good day of practice yesterday, and uh, our guys are, we have experienced guys, but they're still college guys, and we have to continue to remind them that practice really matters. Um, the older guys have heard me say this so many times. Your game day confidence stems from how well you practice during the week. Otherwise, you're just kidding yourself. You don't practice well during the week, and you show up and think you're going to be a superstar. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so our, our, our confidence our ability to execute on game day has to be born from our efforts in practice. Um, so getting back to that, good day of practice yesterday. need a really good one today. It's got to be physical. It's got to be fast um, with a high level of execution. And that's what we're going to draw on um, on Thursday night. Yep, it begins on Thursday night as David Shaw on the, uh, on the fact that Stanford does control its own destiny, certainly in the Pac-12 North, but he quickly dismissed that and said, look, it doesn't matter if we don't execute. And he's 100% correct on that. He is 100% right. And it, it brings me back to what we talked about when this program began, that yes, Stanford still has a lot on the plate this season. This can still be a great year for the Stanford Cardinal football squad. If we're all making plans for January 1st in Pasadena, we're going to look back at this stretch of football and laugh in a good way. And we're just going to look at this as, as a turning point and look at this as, as the, 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 the so-called adversity that so many teams face on, on, the, on, on the ride to greatness. If that's the end result, okay, fine. I'm fine with it. The question is, is this team, the one that we've seen the last six weeks, and I, I probably can't think too much into the future, given all the injuries that have happened and befallen this team to this point this season. But certainly, is this the team that's going to step off the plane at Phoenix on Wednesday afternoon and play a football game on Thursday evening? Is this the team that can make those things happen and to keep those things on the, on the table for Stanford? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could sit here as I say this on late Monday afternoon and tell you unequivocally, yes, this team can turn it around. Unequivocally, yes, this team can get it done. Yes, this team can, can open up holes in the run game and make it look like the Tunnel Workers Union circa 2011. Yes, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside can, can, can just beat anyone out there. Or actually, he can. That, that's the one thing I do know about things right now, unless Utah had figured that out. I wish I could unequivocally say that, yes, the defense hit some bumps in the road, but 
can turn it around and start to shut people down and start to lock people down starting this week and going forward. I wish I could say that. The honest to God answer right now is that I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if the offensive line is healthy enough to do what it needs to do. It's certainly not deep enough, unfortunately. You never want to test offensive line depth, ever. But I'm not sure if the offensive line is healthy enough to do what it needs to do. I'm not so sure at this point that 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 times in the offensive scheme that that it does itself a lot of favors. And at some point, you know, someone's going to figure you out. And Utah had the personnel to limit the jump balls, or at least limit the effectiveness of the jump balls. And, and as a matter of fact, take one back 100 yards for six points the other way. At some point, you get figured out. Not everyone has the same personnel. Not everyone has the same physical corners that Utah does. Thank goodness. But at some point, if you do it enough, if you put it on tape enough, you are going to get figured out, and people are going to notice. And people are going to try to figure out, and people are going to succeed somewhere on the line in stopping you. So I, I, I don't know, unless I see some different things on Thursday night, I'm not sure that the offensive scheme, as it's currently run, has the ability to, to truly get out of its own way sometimes. I don't know that yet. I don't know if this defense can stop the run anymore. I sure as heck don't know if this defense can limit opposing quarterbacks anymore. I don't know any of that. It, it bears repeating, and I'm going to expand on this. We talked about, I gave you this, this number during the last TreeCast last week. Justin Herbert, Ian Book, and Huntley, Troy Huntley, the quarterback for Utah, in regulation against Stanford, completed 66 of 81 passes. That's an 81.5% clip. 66 of 81. To build on that, those three quarterbacks in regulation also threw for 808 combined yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. So right now, the last three quarterbacks that, that Stanford has faced defensively combined, a 189.72 passer rating. That's really, really good, by the way. I mean, that's, that's off the charts good. But the last three quarterbacks, 66 of 81 in regulation, 808 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't know if this Stanford defense can stop the pass anymore. I don't. And I look at that coming into a situation where, and look, Eno Benjamin is a, is, is a darn good running back for Arizona State, but... I don't think he's the big issue for Stanford. The big issue is that quarterback Manny Wilkins was throwing a couple, he threw a couple dimes against Arizona State, against Colorado a couple weeks ago. He looked very impressive. And Nikhil Harry, oh my God, that dude, that dude at wide receiver, ooh, he's the truth. Think, I mean, if, if Keelan Doss, remember him from UC Davis? If, if Doss was maybe a little bigger and certainly had a bigger profile, played for a bigger profile school, he'd be Nikhil Harry. Those are the two dudes I'm worried about. 
And at this moment in time, realizing that, that, that Devin Mitchell of Oregon just had his way with the Stanford secondary, knowing that the last three quarterbacks the Cardinal have faced have had little trouble at all against Stanford defensively, I don't know if this team can do it. I don't. I don't. The good news is that Stanford's got chances to prove me, to prove me wrong, I guess, in that sense, and to, and, to, and to show to me and to point to me, hey, yes, we can get this done. We can still remain a factor in the Pac-12 North, if not win this thing outright. It can still happen. Is this the team to do it? I don't know right now. I don't. More answers forthcoming on Thursday evening in Tempe. Should be fun. I hope it's fun. (laughs) I hope it's fun. I'm going to have to find out about how things go and take a deeper dive on how things go after the game on Thursday because while football is playing in Tempe, I'm going to be a little busy calling a Pac-12 Network soccer doubleheader on Thursday. So I encourage you to join us for that one if you would like. Stanford women squaring off against Utah. Utah suddenly has won four straight. Stanford women still the number one ranked team in the country. All Stanford men's soccer, the three-time defending national champs, will host Oregon State. So I'm looking forward to calling both of those games and then dashing home and catching up on my DVR and seeing what Stanford football did against Arizona State. So, accordingly, because I will be in soccer mode on Thursday afternoon, not entirely sure when the next TreeCast is going to be. Ideally, it comes later on this week, and we put the wraps on Arizona State. Ideally. I also have field hockey on Sunday, too, so it's going to be tough to squeeze a, squeeze, squeeze a tree cast in there. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't be surprised if our next TreeCast doesn't come, into, uh, come to you until early next week. Again, hopefully I can get you one later on this week, but we'll see what happens. By the way, I'm really looking forward to getting back on the normal Saturday schedule. <laughs> as far as games and kickoffs are concerned. By the way, Stanford-Washington State, 4 p.m., October 27th. That just got announced earlier on Monday afternoon. We're going to learn a lot. I, I keep saying this every week, but margin for error is, is, is thinning. But Stanford's still with a lot that it, it can accomplish this season. I just hope that that this team proves that that it can be the ones to get it all done, to prove that the glass is completely full of all the good stuff and not just half empty and half bereft of all the, of all the other stuff. I hope so. Thanks again for checking this out on the TreeCast. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. You have thoughts, I always encourage them. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. Who knows? You might get your very thoughts shared and read on this very program. Thanks again to all of you for checking us out. Please do not drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. There's really nothing more I can say about that. And let's hope for good results for the Cardinal on Thursday against the Arizona State fighting Herm Edwards. Hello! (laughs) I love Herm. I really do. Talk to you later. Thanks for checking us out. This has been the TreeCast with Troy Clary. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big